Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD, as well as Maxima Racing Oils. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with us on the line, we have the 2020 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA 450 champ, number 16 in your program, but he'll be number one outdoors next year. That's got to sound pretty good to one Zach Osborne. Zach, how's it going? Doing good, dude, doing good. Smiling ear to ear, the satisfaction of, uh, in my opinion, the most prestigious uh, championship, uh, possibly in all of motocross, definitely in all of North American motocross, um, and uh, as far as uh, just the, the length of the motos and the uh, the tax on the body, and the fact that it was uh, like the um, an intermittent schedule, back-to-back races, uh, a shortened season, but uh, maybe a taller mountain to climb than ever, uh, the 2020 motocross season. Uh, your champion is Zach Osborne. That's got to feel good, man. Uh, how'd you get it done? Yeah, dude, it's awesome. I mean, um, it, it's been a long year, but the season itself was kind of short. Um, but, we, you know, it was, it was good enough for uh, for me. <laughs> um I knew that, uh, you know, we weren't sure what the season looked like as far as how long it would last or um, how long we would, you know, how many races we would get. So I knew it would be really important to stack some points right from the beginning, and I was able to do that with two overalls right off the bat. So um, it was it was awesome. Absolutely. Back to the stomping ground where you had quite a bit of success as, uh, as an amateur. Um but prior to going to uh, the ranch as a pro, what were your your most fond memories of racing there uh, on, on on small bikes? I believe you you did one year where you were on big bikes at Loretta's, no? Yeah, one uh, schoolboy year uh, in okay. two thousand five, the year before I went pro. But um, I I mean I was mildly successful, I would say, at Loretta's. I won one title and um, a lot of seconds and thirds and a couple of injuries there. But um, it it was. It was nice to go back and get a little bit of revenge on the place, honestly. Yeah, go go back there, take both uh, national wins, the first first and second ever nationals at Loretta Lynn's. I don't know if we ever even go back there, so you may be, have become the all-time uh, winner uh, of, of those, and t- unless we happen to go back on, our, on a regular basis, we'll see. Um, but uh, that really kicked off uh, and I, I, the season for you, and I feel like the momentum from that particular, uh, those two, two races – is something that never really went away for you. No one was ever able to steal it away from you, even if you're able, like like uh, obviously the the Millville uh, flat tire and then uh, a couple of uh, moto victories um, from a few guys throughout the season. But no one was able to really take that wind out of your sails the whole summer. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of the age old cliche where you know you get a grasp on it and and things kind of start to go your way. So. Um, I was able to to get things going right uh, right off the bat, and you know just stack some wins, and and um, there's definitely a little bit of there's a little bit in jeopardy there at Millville, you know, with the momentum shifting a little bit, and then I was able to to take it back in Florida with the one one, and um, and you know kind of put a little bit of gap back in the points, so uh, it was really nice. Fair enough. 
time. So uh, coming off of uh, a year in the your first rookie season where you saw some injuries, uh, like put your shoulder on backwards once or twice, uh, and then this year, 2020, with the back injury, which uh, I don't think anybody really truly understands uh, what you were going through through that and the mental fortitude it took to not only continue to press on, but then also be successful from it. Um, if you could, just quickly give us a, sort of a, a synopsis of your 2020, which culminated with uh, with a Supercross victory at the final round, uh, which had to have felt uh, unbelievable, and then uh, sort of springboarded you into a very successful summer. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a tough injury. Um, the, the beginning of the Supercross didn't go very well. Uh, I got a fifth in... Um, Dallas and fourth or fifth a couple other times, but um, just not really that successful. And then the injury was was pretty gnarly, uh, with five broken vertebrae and wrists, and my lungs were jacked up. And you know, it was just a massive hit really um, to my body. So to come back and be able to, to to go to Salt Lake and have some success and build some momentum, that was really good. And then. Um, and just kind of kind of rolled into outdoors, which is, is hard to do because there was that seven-week gap. Like, typically, you know, it's not that hard to do. There's only a two-week break. Nobody really has a, a chance to kind of get their feet under them. So, um, for me, you know, just to be able to carry that momentum was, was a big deal. 100%. And, uh, like, I, I question, like, how much uh, preparation was really – uh, achieved in that seven weeks it's it's just a weird amount of time to switch straight over to outdoors uh, of course practicing and prepping for outdoors I feel even has more risk and potential for uh, catastrophic injury than even supercross not to say that supercross isn't uh, a risky endeavor but the way you guys charge uh, through certain sections in uh, in the outdoor prep uh, definitely leaves the door open for some uh, some situations to, to occur um, was the seven weeks useful for you to, to tune in the motorcycle and tune in your body? Uh, or was it sort of like kind of a hurry up and wait? Because uh, I know in the past you've been a guy who, once you find a setting on the 450 or even on the 250 when you were knocking down championships, um, I wouldn't say you're a set it and forget it guy, but you have a lot of confidence in your setup and, and, and your ability to sort of like, if things aren't exactly perfect, you sort of, you yourself make up the rest uh, and that's a recipe for success for you. Yeah, I it was a bit of a hurry up and wait really. We didn't do we did a couple of days of testing, but I didn't really end up making many or any changes. Um so for me, it was just a, a big long waiting period where we were doing again, you know, another sort of training camp that wasn't drug on and on. So, uh I was definitely I'm down with the one weekend off program. I think that that's the way to go um for us. Absolute. So, um, like, and throughout all of this, uh, if you've watched uh, AMA more Pro Morocos, uh broadcast, everybody knows the story. Uh, a, uh, a successful amateur turns pro, uh, things don't work out, off to Europe and then back. Um, but what are parts of that story that get left out or maybe that people don't know about that, uh, that really sort of um, was sort of the linchpin to you coming back and having that grit and determination? Because <clears throat> not to say that you weren't uh, a determined young, young man when you turned pro, but um, I, I feel like there's a bit of a, there's a fierceness that you carry with you, maybe a, even a slight chip on your shoulder uh, that certainly wasn't there when, uh, when you turned pro um, and that you, you 
consistently are able to uh, to bring forth every time the gate drops? I I wouldn't say it's a chip on my shoulder. It's just kind of the the racer I kind of evolved into there. Okay. In in Europe, like just um, I don't really know like the life lessons it taught me, and and I prob I mean I definitely wouldn't be the racer I am today without those experiences. Just kind of it was kind of like do or die you know i think that that's the biggest thing is it was time for me to either you know do it and do it good or or do something else so you know i went there on a two race deal and stayed there on the same team for four and a half years and i think that it's just one of those things where it, it kind of became that's kind of the style that i became or the the racer that i became when i went there yeah, that's a zero option mentality. Uh, I have to produce um, in order to uh, either be successful here or uh, earn enough uh, notoriety and results to uh, to make a return to the U.S. Um, over that four year span, was there ever a time where you saw yourself staying uh, over in Europe full time, never coming back, or was, or was the goal always to come back, uh, knock down two out two Supercross championships, outdoor championship on a 250, and then of it like this is all part of the plan. Um, there was definitely a time where I, you know, I was more or less content with staying there and um, didn't really have to, you know, come home to be satisfied. But uh, the last year I was there. 2012 I was turning 23 so that was me aging out of the, the MX2 class and um, I didn't really feel like I was quite ready to go MX1 and I was getting married that year and you know we just kind of felt like it was it was the time to come home so um, yeah I, I think that there was definitely a time where I, I would have been content with staying. Fair enough but due to the rules like it sort of thrust you into position that w wasn't exactly the right time for you to move up and I, I think that it was good for you to stay on the 250 a little bit longer I, I, I don't know that the bike exactly 100% uh, fits your style but it fit your style at the time and I think the, the way you've evolved as a racer uh, someone who doesn't just like ring the neck of the of the 450 you let the, the bike do a lot of the work um, is definitely that shows the maturity in your riding um, and, and, and it eventually worked out to a lot of success for you like you've you've uh, in the, in a lot of ways, like done the, the, the 450 transition, you've done it right. Yeah, it's been good. I, you know, I never really knew how I would transition to the 450. I always rode it well when I did ride it, but it was just so far, few and far between that I, I just wasn't sure how it would be when I ended up having to race it. But I've gotten to where I really enjoy riding it. And um, my style has evolved a little bit to where I can, uh, you know, feel comfortable and, and, and have fun on it during the day. Fair enough. So, uh, you'd mentioned getting married when uh, you're 23 years old. Uh, from my understanding, you've been with, uh, your, your now wife for a long, long period of time since you guys were teenagers. Uh, and all that speaks to me is consistency and a, and a support system like no other. Someone who's been in your corner, seen the entire story unfold, understands how things work, um, and knows how to help you be successful, uh, whether it's um, Wednesday practice day, uh, a recovery on, on Sunday, or uh, at the races by your side on the podium at the end of these uh, these nationals. Um, give us a little bit of a, a, a like a, a shout out to to Brittany and uh, just the the family that you've you've developed and the 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 relationship the two of you guys share that I feel is sort of a um, 
think an underrated component into how successful you've been over the last few years. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge key to my success and just kind of staying grounded is my family, um, my wife Brittany, like you said, and and my my kids. Um, you know, it, it just gives me a little bit more, even more of a reason to to do the extra work and you know do things right. I think that that's probably one of the big key factors to my recent success is just um, being having a steady home life and being in a place where I can just always go home and know that you know it's going to be okay and and uh, feel safe and feel good. I like you said, it's, it's probably um, a, a highly underrated factor to my success in my program is, is having her and, you know, we know each other so well, we've been together for so long and it's just nice to have someone that's, you know, in your corner, that's pulling the same direction and the same weight that you are all the time. It's, it's a, it's a, a nice feeling. No doubt. Like, like Brittany is like team Zacco and has been since the very get go. It, it's really cool to see, uh, how she, uh, she backs your program. I like she, she runs, the uh, the, uh, uh, the Zacco train any more, as much as anybody else does. You know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. She's, uh, she might be your number one fan. I, like, I'm not, I don't know everybody that's in your fan group, but I think that she might take the cake. Yeah, she's, she's pretty up there. I'm sure. Um, I, I don't know how I could ever sort of repay her. You know, she's given a lot of her life to me and to my career. So it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Awesome, man. Uh, well, uh, my next question for you is: Have you uh, have you swung a leg over a dirt bike since uh, since you became 450 national champ? No, not not yet. Uh, it'll be a couple more weeks. I've uh, we're going on vacation this week, and then uh, nice. have some obligations in California next week, and then the following week, um, doing a little men's retreat with uh, the chaplain um, Jake Benetta, and then uh, after nice. that, the, the following week, we'll start riding a little bit. Jake is good people. Uh, I absolutely uh, really enjoy spending time with Jake. I actually did that uh, A1 uh, ride up at uh, Mission Viejo uh, in 2018, and him and I were like glued to the hip because neither one of us were in shape to do that ride. And uh, yeah, we got each other through it. So uh, again, nothing but uh, nice things to say about Jake Pineda. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. Um, so moving into, uh, 2021, sorry to, uh, only really gush about your championship for a short bit here, but, uh, uh, I feel like there's some unfinished business in, in order in, in the, 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 the career of Zach Osborne moving into the 2021 Supercross uh, Championship, which uh, if I was a betting man, I'd have my uh, my, my eyes set on the 23rd of January. Uh, but whenever that one kicks off, uh, the 16 will be back on the front of your motorcycle. It'll be a, a white motorcycle as far as I know. And uh, yeah, like uh, tell us a little bit about... Um, uh, your your plan to prepare for that championship when it does get started? Yeah, you know it's it's obviously short uh, short turnaround for us, but um, I think that you know we have a pretty good plan just to kind of keep things a little bit more mellow for a little bit longer than normal. Um, I, I've been training personally since October first, two thousand eighteen. I had three weeks off after the nations last year, and other than that, I have you know, only had like injury downtime, um, in, in over two years. So, um, and, and injury downtime is not really quite the same because you're still chasing something, you know? So, yeah, uh, for me, it's going to be kind of ramping into it a little bit and then, um, being kind of ready for the, that January start. But, 
I, you know, it's going to be strange again as far as the way the series goes and stuff. So it's just going to be kind of managing it and um, taking things as it, as it comes at you. Fair enough. Like, have you, uh, like, every time you eat some cheese, do you just send a picture of it to Alden and be like, I'm eating this right now and I don't care? No, definitely not. Don't don't poke <laughs> the bear. Uh, only, I only ate cheese a couple times, so, yeah, it's <laughs> what it is. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, like within that, that the the dietary restrictions that come along with working uh, with Alden Baker, what is the the one particular item on the menu that you miss the most about being able to to order on a regular basis, or is there any? Uh cheese for sure. I mean, that's that's like you know, how can you have a sandwich without cheese or like a pizza without cheese? So uh, that's that's the one thing is cheese. Okay, I'm going to have to text him about the cheese thing. Um, but uh, this has been an absolute thrill for me uh, to have you on the show, man. Uh, I hope that you'll continue to, uh, to to come on in the in the, the years and months that come with your, your career. But uh, I'm glad that you stuck with racing. I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, you were able to overcome that back injury and everything that came along with it and uh, come out on the other side uh, amazingly uh, successful. And I think you should be really proud, man. For sure. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate you having me. And um, yeah, I look forward to the next time. Awesome. Don't, don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there, champ.